Sports Home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Brought to you by James H. Brown and Associates, Alberta Injury Lawyers, the heavy hitters of injury law. Nashville, the Washington Capitals about to announce the number eight pick overall. A couple of minutes ago, the Philadelphia Flyers took Matvey Michkov, the Russian right winger, very, very talented, but obviously some concerns about his ability to play in the NHL, especially in the near future because of the political situation with Russia, the war in Ukraine, and also he is under contract in the KHL for three more seasons, but apparently the Flyers are saying uh, we are willing to, to wait as the Capitals take another right winger from the U.S. Uh, U18 National Team Development Program. Ryan Leonard gets selected by the Capitals. So here's how it has gone so far. Uh, not hugely surprising off the top. Connor Bedard goes to the Chicago Blackhawks, the star for the Regina Pats. Out of Sweden, the Anaheim Ducks take center Leo Carlson. Adam Fantilli, Canadian player who's uh, been in the University of Michigan, goes to Columbus. Will Smith Another center, so four centers right off the top. Will Smith goes to San Jose. He's uh, with the uh, United States U18 team as well. Then Montreal at number five, David Reinbacher, defenseman, who is... uh, been playing, he's been playing in uh, Switzerland. He's actually... uh, His country listed as Austria. Dmitry Simashev. Russian defenseman goes to Arizona at number six. And then, like I told you, Matvey Bichkov, seventh to the Flyers, and Ryan Leonard, number eight to the Washington Capitals. Leonard just on stage shaking the hand, uh, shaking hands with Gary Bettman. Uh, Detroit and St. Louis going to round out the top ten. As I'm sure you know, the Edmonton Oilers do not pick today. They're up tomorrow morning when the draft resumes. Uh, they have the 56th overall pick in the second round. They have a pick in the sixth round, 184th overall. They have a pick in the seventh round, 216th overall. Overall, So that's how it has gone so far. We'll keep you updated as we uh, move along here through the first round. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. Inside Sports on 630. Chad Reed Wilkins with you. We have an Elks game coming up on Friday. Elks at Ottawa to play the Red Blacks. 4 o'clock for the countdown to kick off. The game will be at 530. We'll have plenty of chat about that game as well as we uh, move along tonight. And for the Elks... Jared Dagey continues to take first-team reps at quarterback, though uh, Chris Jones has not named him the starting quarterback for that game. Uh, when he was asked about that yesterday, he goes, well, why does everybody ask me about the quarterback? What about left tackle? What about other positions? So my buddy and colleague Dave Campbell had a little bit of fun with Jones today. Your starting safety will be who? Uh, safety will be uh, Luches. Or will it be Luches? Well, I don't know. Uh, you tell me. I'm just saying. <laughs> I, I'm just I'm just throwing it out there. I don't know. Your middle linebacker? Middle linebacker, I would say, will be Niles. Okay. But will it be Niles? And your left tackle? Uh, left tackle will be uh, Martez. Quarterback? Quarterback. We'll see. Okay, then. How did how did uh, Jared Diggy look today? He looked good today. Again, both quarterbacks did very well. Um, again, you got two professionals there, and uh, we brought, you know, uh, the kid that knows us very well. We know him very well, and he's going to do our short yardage stuff. So yeah. that's what we're – that's our plan. Okay. Uh, so Khalil Tate is the the quarterback who's going to be the short yardage guy. So uh, – 
Yo, Daggy, Cornelius, they're both going to be ready, of course. It, but it, it looks like Daggy's going to get to play, uh, sounding very confident when we've heard him in interviews ever since he played on Sunday against the Toronto Argonauts. But I guess we won't really know till they run out for their first offensive snap on Friday. But that is what Chris Jones had to say today. There, there is a, a very key injury that uh, the Elks are now facing, which I'm going to get to in a couple of minutes here. But the, the one question that, and somebody asked it yesterday on the show, and I've heard it a few times over the last couple of weeks. What about Trey Ford? So you know, now it's Daggy, probably Cornelius, and then Khalil Tate as the number three guy who's going to go in and do short yardage. What about Trey Ford, the Canadian quarterback who we saw briefly last year, had some exciting plays, led a couple of really good drives in the preseason against the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. What's going on with Trey Ford? So Jones was asked today why Ford is not playing. You know what, Trey's a, a good player. He uh, he was. Uh, well, you got to have a short yardage guy. That's not necessarily you know something that he's uh, one of his strengths. You know he's a he's a true quarterback, and uh, and that's kind of what you know. If we were in the three quarterback world and we were just going to travel three guys, that uh, then he would probably be traveling. But you got to get first downs, and they have the defensive line off in the CFL, and uh, we've got to be able to maintain possession of the football. So it requires a short yardage quarterback. Okay, so it's nothing like the the coach has soured. The organization has soured on Trey Ford. He's a he's a good player. We just have we have three guys that that we feel can play the position. All right, so uh, that is uh, the answer from Chris Jones that uh, he thinks Trey Ford is good, but doesn't see him as uh, being needed, given his skill set, being someone that they uh, need who can succeed in short yardage, which they do need, by the way. As we know, the Elks have been. Well, brutal, I don't think, is an overstatement in short yardage this season. Yes, the first and goal from the one against Saskatchewan. Uh, they had a second and just over a yard against Toronto. They had another uh, couple snaps inside the three-yard line against Toronto where they did finally get it in by passing the ball, but they couldn't get it in through a couple of runs. So they do need somebody to execute one of the simplest plays in pro sports, the quarterback sneak, and uh, Chris Jones and his staff thinking that Khalil Tate will be better at that than Trey Fort. So that, that is the answer there from Chris Jones. Now, here's, uh, here's the injury today, and it is Eugene Lewis who, you know, based on what happened last year and the preseason projections, is the second best player in the league after Zach Kalaros. Now, it hasn't looked that way through three games of the season. I mean, he does have 200 yards receiving. Over half of that came on the one long bomb play against Saskatchewan in the first game of the season. But nonetheless, that that is a loss for for the Elks to not have Eugene Lewis. Uh, obviously, was about an inch away from scoring a touchdown against Toronto and got the ball punched out. But an important player, somebody the, uh, the defense of the other teams has to worry about, he's not going to be in there. So that means we see Maurice French likely coming in into that spot we talked about french in the preseason he's the gentleman it's it's, his name is french with uh with two f's capital f small f at the start of french here's what chris jones had to say about him well, I mean, French is a good player. He's, uh, he's, he's a guy that really prepares very hard. Uh, you know, he's, uh, if he'll get yards after contact and, uh, and, and stay out of my doghouse, he'll be real good. He, <laughs> me and him butted heads a little bit, but he's a good player, very good player. And, uh, and he, I love the way he prepares. He's here till 7, 8, 9 o'clock at night every night. 
Okay, so Maurice French into the receiving score. We saw Kyron Merck, uh, Moore come in the, this past game and uh, and did not bad. Uh, Stephen Dunbar Jr. was really good for the Elks. We had him on the show last night, and I'm excited to see C.J. Sims uh, run kickback uh, kicks back once again. And the way it's going for the Elks, they might need some points again from the defense. Purefoy got an interception, pick six against Toronto. They might need a kick return for a touchdown, which we haven't had a, a lot of for the double E in about the last seven or eight years so anyway there's your notes uh they won't name daggy the starter but uh it continues to look that way geno smith out or uh geno smith that's the seahawks guy geno lewis out uh, in the receiving core and maurice french coming in all right seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three is the hotline presented by certainty the pros choice for roofing siding drywall insulation and ceiling systems certainty pro all the way you can email the show inside sports at 630 chad.com follow me on twitter send me a message there if you like at reed wilkins r-e-i-d-w-i-l-k-i-n-s we will get a live report from the draft in nashville when we get back Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins is brought to you by James H. Brown and Associates, Alberta Injury Lawyers, the heavy hitters of injury law. for tuning in tonight. Uh, Connor Bedard, as expected, going first overall to, Chicago, to the Chicago Blackhawks as the draft is underway in Nashville. The most recent pick, a ninth overall to the Detroit Red Wings, Nate Danielson. Six foot two center out of Brandon in the uh, Western Hockey League, so he's the uh, second WHL player to get picked after Connor Bedard. We will uh, keep you updated on the draft. Again, it's a uh, quiet time, quiet day for the uh, Edmonton Oilers today. They have uh, their three picks tomorrow in rounds two, six, and seven. More interesting, really, for Edmonton this year is free agency. Now, the, there there are trades this this time of year. A lot of speculation about some of the Oilers players who might be traded. A lot of that surrounding Yamamoto. Uh, there are guys who uh, need new contracts, like Evan Bouchard, like Ryan McLeod, Clem uh, Costin, who it doesn't sound like he's going to get one with Edmonton. That doesn't uh, sound like that's going to work out, given what Ken Holland said in a couple of interviews earlier this week, uh, including one with uh, Bob Stoffer on Oilers Now right here on 630 Chet a couple of days ago. Unrestricted free agents, you got Nick Bugstad, you got uh, Matthias Janmark, who uh, Holland said he was going to talk to the agents this week in Nashville. So uh, those are some of the storylines here for the Oilers, and free agency, of course, will start, uh, will open up on Saturday. Connor Brown, the name that's kind of assumed is, is going to wound up, uh, is going to wind up here uh, with the Oilers, but uh, all to be told in the days to come. Okay, the Blues uh, make their pick. Dalibor Dvorsky, uh, center out of, plays in Sweden. He's is uh, Slovakian, so he is picked by these. We got a very international draft. We got, uh, what do we have, three Canadians. Uh, how many Americans? Two Americans. Slovakia. A couple of Russians. Austria. Swedish player, Leo Carlson. So... Uh, yeah, from all over the globe as uh, Dvorsky goes to the stage. Got a silver medal with Slovakia at the uh, 2021 Holinka Gretzky Cup. Clearly a, a different different vibe around everything. I mean, uh, Kellen Kennedy back at our studio. Of course, Kellen, there mm-hmm. were uh, the draft used to be 
it, I mean, it, uh, unfortunately for the Oilers, all those years out of the playoffs, sometimes I felt like there was, as as, you, as we got into the second half of the season, there was grudgingly more interest in the draft lottery and then the draft itself. Oh, yeah, it was a big payoff. And, and, now, it's, <laughs> and now it's uh, clearly win-now mode for the Oilers. And, um, you know, I, I, I read a piece uh, from a gentleman named Cam Sharon today who uh, used to uh, work in the National Hockey League, and he kind of uh, does some analytics uh, type stuff, but but he posted something earlier today that he thinks the draft is overhyped, that once you even get later into the first round, you're, you're kind of getting replacement-level players. Now, of course, there are some individuals along the way who disprove that. There have been plenty of great players taken late in the first round. Oh, I mean, David Posternak, right, uh, who was up for the uh, Hart Trophy yesterday or uh, earlier this week. Several players have gone after the first round but he's saying in general you know if you're if you're not kind of picking and we're going to try to get him on the show here in the near future that that if you don't get somebody really really high you're probably not going to get a huge impact player tony brar with oilers tv is uh, in nashville he's going to give us a few minutes tony i know uh well i know you're kind of working but i was just saying it's this is a, a quiet a, a quiet day for the oilers a day that used to mean almost everything for the team but now uh, day one's a little different different here for Edmonton. Hey, Reed. first and foremost, I apologize for being six to seven minutes late. Uh, we're having some fun at the draft, and uh, you know what? I was on the phone call actually making a couple of phone calls just to see where the Oilers are standing, so I do want to apologize for that. But, yes, what a welcome uh, sight for Oilers fans. Not having draft day be as valuable. That means the team has... Ken Holland has been saying all week long they're in win-now mode, and that's a big reason why they don't have their first-round pick. First time since 2006, the Oilers do not have a first-round pick. 17 years. Of course, that first-rounder was traded for Matthias Ekholm, a big part of the Oilers now and into the future, and uh, we'll see what the Oilers and Ken Holland can get up to here as we kind of wind closer to July 1st. Yeah, well, and that was really interesting because Holland was on Bob's show, and, and he spoke he did a scrum yesterday in Nashville, and I, like there were people, like the reporters aren't even asking you really about the draft. <laughs> you know, it's not even like, what are you thinking with that second round pick? Is this guy like, well, I don't know. Uh, we'll see. So is is to- now in terms of the discussion around and, and the stuff that Holland said yesterday, and, and I think you you had a one on one with him as well. But uh, you, you know, is it is it free agency that you're kind of focusing on? Is it the new contracts maybe for Bouchard, McLeod, Bukestad, Yanmark going to be back what's what are the big storylines for you yeah the big storylines of course are the rfas so obviously clean cost and that's been a, a pretty heavy dialogue here in nashville this week uh it, it's reported that cost is looking for anywhere between 1.75 and 2 million dollars on a one or two year deal uh, however the Oilers, unfortunately a little too rich for their blood given their current cap situation right now they're offering closer to the 1.15 to the 1.35 million dollar range so We'll see if number 21 and Ken Holland and the rest of the Orders can kind of come to terms there because when you look at the playoff, the body of work that the that clean cost and put in in the playoffs, listen, he's a physical guy. He gets he gets in the corners. He stands up for his teammates. That was obviously a big thing uh, throughout uh, the season for his impact. 
on the Edmonton Oilers. And oh yeah, he also had a massive game in LA where he helped them win uh, in in a big way where he scored a couple of markers. So uh, very liked in the room, keeps it loose, and I think that's very important for this Oilers squad. Yes, there are dead set and focused on winning championships, but you also have to have fun along the way. So clean costume for me is a big one. And then the other one, Ryan McLeod and Evan Bouchard. Now, these are priority number one for Ken Holland right now. Of course, Ryan McLeod, he did have arbitration rights last year, so they were able to sign him to a very team-friendly deal last year. This year, he has arbitration rights, so he has a little bit more leveraging power. It's going to be interesting to see where that number falls on a bridge contract, and by all reports, it does sound like Evan Bouchard will also be leaning towards the bridge contract because the Oilers, they won't be able to eat up too much uh, of an AAV currently, and that could also pay dividends for number two down the road. Yeah, yeah. It, it, I don't know. The, the way Holland talked about Costin, it, it, it really sounded like to me probably won't be back and he said there's interest in other leagues i mean things could often yeah. change but you're right there's definitely a divide there between the what the agent and the player think uh costing is worth and what the team might be willing to play uh pay in the final uh 90 seconds or so here uh you're in nashville i've, I've never been in nashville you know gary bedman said they've hosted a draft before they've had an all-star game they had the awards earlier this week they've had a team in the cup final when ekholm was there uh what six years ago i guess uh what tell me about the vibe there we know Nashville has a great vibe, but specifically the vibe for major NHL events. Unbelievable. Truly. This is a city that gets behind its sports teams. Of course, the Tennessee Titans here, very, very popular. The National Soccer Club as well in the MLS, huge growing and huge fan base here. But the National Predators here, every single person that I've talked to, from my Uber drivers to the bartenders to my service at restaurants, they all love the Preds. And the vibe has been outstanding. Of course, you have the NHL Awards recognizing the best of the best on Monday. And then the draft here, of course, led by Connor Bedard. There's a lot of hype about number 98 now for the Chicago Blackhawks. This is a sports city. Do not get the geographical uh, location uh, confused with any of that because the South may not be known for supporting its hockey clubs, but the Preds fans here are a lot, and they're very much behind their team in yellow here. Tony, thanks for fitting us in. Keep the rest of that Oilers TV crew in line, okay? I will. And one other note, I can confirm that uh, this is based on the phone call that I just had, that Ken Holland did meet with Matthias Janmark's agent today in Nashville. Uh, so I'm not sure what the update is there. That's why I was on the other line. So I do apologize once again, Reed, for hopping on a little No, late. no, that's good. Thanks for the up-to-the-minute uh, info, Tony. I'll see you next week, man. Have fun. Reed, happy Wednesday, my friend. That is Tony Brar with Oilers TV checking in live from the draft in Nashville. Uh, we'll have another special guest from Nashville in the next half hour of the show. Jack Michaels is on a little bit later on. That'll be fun. And my good buddy Blake Dermott will preview the Elks and the Red Blacks. This is Inside Sports on 630 Chet. For most of us, crime is something we see on the news. We never think it could happen to us until it does. Loved ones are gone, and for the survivors, the scars will never heal. I'm Nancy Hickst, a senior crime reporter for Global News. And on this season of Crime Beat, I'll take you inside some of the most serious crime stories I've covered. Season six of Crime Beat is available now on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, and all podcast platforms.